Like dental disease is commonly diagnosed in Australian pets and if left untreated, it can lead to serious health concerns including infection of the liver, kidney and heart. I'm Cathy Beer and on the line with me now is Dr Tara Cashman, spokesperson for the Australian Veterinary Dental Society. Tara has taken time out of her busy schedule today to explain about dental disease and what we can do to prevent it. Welcome Tara to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Great to be here today. Yeah, thank you. Um, look, I read in your bio that, uh, look, your passion is small animal dentistry. Um, how did that come about? That's, that's really quite an interesting question because if someone had have asked me maybe 20 years ago when I first started practicing, is that what I'd end up doing and, and really being passionate about? And the answer would probably be no, as most people would think that working in dog and cat mouths would be just disgusting uh, <laughs> as a job. But you know what? The thing that I love about it is the difference it makes and seeing the difference in the improvement in the animal's life is the bit that uh, is the buzz that I still get and I enjoy doing it for that reason. Look, what are the causes of dental disease in cats and dogs? Sure. The dental disease is very, very similar to ourselves. So if we don't clean our teeth on a regular basis and go to the dentist for regular checkups, we end up losing teeth and having bad breath and infections and pain. And it's the same thing. So what happens is that the, the plaque, that, that furry feeling that you get in the morning when you, you run your tongue over your teeth, that is the home for all the bacteria that live right near the gum and the tooth margin. And those bacteria have a lovely time digesting all the ligaments that hold your teeth in place. And that's what dental disease is. Oh, God. Yes, yeah, <laughs> pretty nasty. It's of your mouth, yes, exactly. Right. Um, look, are some breeds um, more dis predisposed to dental problems than others? A, yeah, I think that's a really good question to ask. And certainly uh, the smaller animals, particularly those breeds that uh, were bred with very, very small faces or pushed-in faces, the brachycephalics, pugs mm -hmm. and shih tzus, boxes, that sort of thing, they'll frequently have overcrowding of the teeth. And that gives the plaque more places to hide and cause more dental disease so I do often see that in in just in breed in terms of conformation so how their teeth are placed in the head so those animals with squished in faces tend to have more dental disease than others and we do see some breed differences uh, I will say dogs like greyhounds have a very rapid form of periodontal disease that forms and need more attention some of the Maltese uh, type dogs also mm -hmm. seem genetically just to require more attention and more regular attention and having all mm -hmm. that hair around your face certainly doesn't help because it's a lovely spot for the drool to collect. Ah, I not about that. Mood. It is. So we, yeah, we do advocate for all people with, and I'm guilty of this, I own a miniature schnauzer, of just trying to keep that hair around the beard really closely cropped so that it doesn't wick into the teeth and you, you lose them that way. Okay. And as far as mm. cats go, mm. um, some of the Orientals are the ones that you need to really watch out for, and I'm guilty of owning another dub there. Burmese cats oftentimes need really strict attention to hygiene so that the gums don't get inflamed. Right, okay. Mm. Now that's, that's good to know. Um, so what, as, as um, pet owners, look, how do we know what is just normal doggy breath and what is you know, bad breath from dental disease and it's um, a sign to, to get along to the vet? Sure. And uh, I think, unfortunately, a lot of us consider bad breath or doggy breath to be a normal part of 
of dogs' lives. And I think that's really because we see so much of the dental disease out there. So just because mm-hmm. there's a lot of it doesn't mean it's normal. So your uh. dog or cat's mouth should not smell any more than oh. if your friends came up to you and said hello. They should be allowed to be near you without you backing off from the smell. That's abnormal. So bad smell means the bacteria are in there having a lovely time infecting your dog or cat. Okay. And mm. are there other signs of sort of dental disease as well as bad breath? Is it Certainly. And it can be really hard as an owner because these guys will oftentimes still be eating. So unless they're really so painful that they can't eat anymore, which is really, Mm. really bad, we should Mm. pick up some more subtle things before that. So that might mean that they now don't like to eat certain foods. If you watch them very, very closely, they may prefer to chew on the left side or only at the front of the mouth or maybe just at the back. Different Mm -hmm. subtle things that you may notice. Excessive drooling, a bit more than the usual dog and cat drool that comes out, Mm -hmm. is also a sign that you you may have things. And really, do do people notice the bleeding or or the um, damage to the teeth, unfortunately? Okay. And uh, I was just thinking, look, is this something that it's more... You know, older dogs, or is it right from you know puppy? What what ages should should be dental care should be for everyone? That's for sure. We shouldn't wait for them to get old and have a problem before we seek help. So we encourage people to talk to their vets and have a checkup starting off in the consult room each year as mm-hmm. part of the annual health checkup. And look, that can be tricky. Not all animals like to play that game as far as opening their mouth and opening wide for the, for the doctor, like we do mm-hmm. for the dentist. So we, we are limited a little bit on what we see in the consult room, but you can get some clues. The vet can certainly uh, look for tartar or calculus, that, that yellow-brown hard stuff that sets like concrete almost on the teeth. And there's a lovely home for more bugs to, to come in. They can check out if there's some bleeding or some fractured teeth that need some more attention. So there are some clues that your vet may say, hey, I think we need to go a little bit further in, in your care. Mm-hmm. And would that involve uh, having what, a general anaesthetic and doing a really good clean and investigation? Certainly. And that's where, you know, things such as that anesthesia-free dentistry concept are just not doing the right thing by the animal. There is only so many areas of the mouth that you can even check with an animal being conscious. You know, I can't see the roof of the mouth or underneath the tongue, which are other areas that we're looking for uh, growths mm. or, or ulcers. And so they're things that we need to have the animal anaesthetised. We don't have that luxury of people being very, very well behaved. Our patients get quite anxious if you try and force them. So it's for Mm, their mental health as well as their physical health that we have them under general anaesthetic. And we can check every single tooth. We do look above the gums and then we're also looking and feeling around every single tooth underneath the gum line as well as cleaning them. So that's what's involved with dental care. Mm. Now, well, I'm wondering what else can cat and dog owners do to prevent disease in terms of, say, diet or is it the sort of the food they eat or dental chews or anything like Does that have a, oh, a part to play? Definitely. This is not just a veterinary disease, so to speak. There's something that we can all do at home and that starts off when they're younger and involves thinking about the items that they are available or have available to them to chew that includes toys making sure that they're firm and safe and don't have any Mm -hmm. parts that break off just 
discouraging things like the tennis balls to chew on, which act like sandpaper and abrade the teeth. Yeah. No stick chewing, please. Please don't throw a stick for your dog. Or rocks is another silly, silly thing to do. Mm. So choosing safe things. If you're going to use treats, make sure that they are safe and appropriate for the size of the dog or cat. Mm-hmm. And there's plenty on the market to help you out there. And that gets a little bit confusing, but uh, you do encourage the chewing behavior to encourage the, the, the plaque being moved off the teeth. And of course, the gold standard is actually brushing teeth, both of dogs and cats, which can be done even in older animals. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, how often do you need to you know, brush their teeth? You know what, there's even papers being done, scientific papers, looking at how often one should clean one's teeth. Now, for us, we do that twice a day, and that works quite nicely for us Mm. as human beings. Well, most of us should be doing it twice a day. Yes, yes. (laughs) Sometimes with our children, we we do struggle as a parent. But our dogs and cats, once a day is really what is required to actually get the best benefit. In some breeds, it's stretched out to every second day, but the easiest habit to get into is once a day, we clean their teeth. Okay, you know, that's interesting. I've uh, adopted older dogs in the past and and that's something that I, you know, have been, wasn't quite aware to do that. And I just wonder if you haven't had a dog or a cat that's been used to being handled that way, is it could be a bit difficult to get in there. But do you think just just have to persevere and... No, I think that's a, a very, very good point. And one thing I will make, if your dog or cat hasn't got a healthy mouth, they're going to resent you being in there. If it's sore, if it's painful, and you touch them with a toothbrush, there's going to be zero cooperation, which is the, the dog or cat's safe way of saying, get out of my mouth and leave me alone. Mm. But we also don't want people to get hurt. So it may be worthwhile asking your veterinary clinic and the veterinary nurse or veterinary surgeon themselves will be able to, to give you a bit of a demonstration and help you out. It's just starting off very slowly of getting okay. used to having their mouth handled. Some animals yes. won't even, it just won't happen, I'll be honest. And therefore yes. you'll need to talk about other home care methods uh, of rinses or paste, things like that that are mm-hmm. possible. But for, for the majority of people, it's a matter of just taking it slowly, making sure that they're healthy to start with. So it may be don't start until you've spoken to your vet and make sure that the gums and teeth are healthy. Mm. Um, that's, that's probably anything else that we need to know and before we wrap mm. up. We'd just like to remind everyone, it is uh, Pet Dental Health Month in the Australian Veterinary Association. Yes. And our theme definitely is smile. Your vet's got it covered. We're here to help. So definitely yes. pop on down to your clinic and your veterinary nurse and veterinary staff there will be able to help you out. Oh, that's great. Thanks very much, Tara. That's no problem at all. Thank you for okay. your time.